Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Brothers, my brother is here. He is the executive editor of blackcommentator.com, and we need to hear from him as often as the opportunity um, allows uh, us to again as I said he's executive editor of blackcommentator.com and he joins us now we all are at home doing this work his latest the Georgia runoffs are about more than two sentences and we're gonna get into some stuff right here we always go deep and then he he enables me and some of my behavior you know when I get riled up and want to go out and sock it to these people so he helps me do that. <laughs> he helps me do that, too. So he's my friend, my brother, uh, chief enabler and attorney, my chief enabler and attorney, a father, a husband, beautiful family. I'm always fine. Uh, it's seeing his family on Facebook and whatnot uh, gives me a great sense of joy. Beautiful wife, beautiful children. So enough of that. Y'all, y'all can tell this is my man. I love him. David A. Love is here with us. Hey, brother. How you doing, man? Happy New Year. Hope you and your family had a blessed and safe holiday season, David. Yes, sir. Um, we did, you know, did the social distancing, but, uh, you know, made the best of it. It's good to be with you again. It's It's been a while and obviously lots of, lots of things going on this year. We're only a couple of days into the year and it feels like it's already been uh, <laughs> a few years. <laughs> man, man. I'm telling you, it's it's been crazy. So your piece, let's break it down like only you and I can. The Georgia runoffs, y'all, are about more than two Senate seats. David, I'll give you the floor. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I have to say that on the one hand, I really thought that these brothers were going to pull it off and win these seats. 
but at the same time, I wasn't wasn't absolutely sure. But I think that if nothing else, their victory was a testament to the folks on the ground, community folks who did the organizing, who got the vote out. And I'm talking about specifically about black folks who got the vote out. Latasha Brown, uh, Stacey Abrams, other people who were doing the hard work. And, you know, on the one hand, I don't want to give the impression that having democratic control of the Senate is the be all and end all. But I will say that it means that we can get some things done. There are so many things that this country needs. We are hurting a great deal, obviously in the middle of this pandemic, economic deprivation. And if we still had that fool Mitch McConnell in charge of the Senate, it would guarantee that for the next couple of years, we wouldn't be able to get anything done, at least from a legislative standpoint. So I think it's very encouraging. Um, but, you know, like I said, as far as the title of my article, that th this runoff was about more than just two Senate seats. What we are now in the middle of is this civil war. Well, I mean, we actually never finished the first civil war. And since that time, it's been this constant battle to decide whether we're going to aspire to be a multiracial democracy or if we're going to maintain the white supremacist authoritarian rule. These two Senate seats are important because I think it signals a changing South and a situation where we have a chance to break down the old Jim Crow state. You know, the, the, the day of the white folks in charge is coming to an end. They see it, they know it, which is the reason why they stormed that Capitol last week. So while there's a lot of commotion, a lot of confusion going on, I'm also hopeful because we see the potential for a new America if we choose to do the hard work to make it happen. Oh, you also in your article mentioned the, the optics and the symbolism about these two candidates and about these seats. Talk to us a little bit more about that, if you would, please. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Well, you know, on the one hand, you have Raphael Warnock who is the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, Dr. King's church, and all of the symbolism that's wrapped up in that. It's very interesting that the Republicans tried to paint him as a radical communist uh, socialist, although I still don't know what would be wrong with socialist. But um, in any case, uh, they, they tried to paint him as an extremist, but they didn't have any problem visiting his church every MLK day, clapping out of step. And then on the other hand, you have John Ossoff, who is a Jewish American and 
I think we really need to unpack that situation because, you know, a uh, hundred years ago or so, you had a Jewish man, Leo Frank, who was lynched in Georgia for allegedly assaulting a, a white woman. And I think that the, 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 the significance of having a black man and a Jewish man as the senators in Georgia in the bosom of the old South is a beautiful thing. It's a major thing. And, you know, I think about driving Miss Daisy, which for a lot of reasons was a movie that made some of us feel uncomfortable. Um, but it was about a black man and a Jewish white woman in the South. And but embedded in there, aside from what, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood tries to do with the whole harmony and everything um, and, and minimizing the, the black man being in servitude. Because she loved them and they got along. But embedded in there were Dr. King. They lived in Georgia. And what he was dealing with. And a Jewish synagogue was bombed in Georgia in the movie. So it is not a small thing to have uh, an African-American and a Jewish American elected to the Senate from Confederate Georgia. And as you said, to even come from uh, Dr. King's church, uh, Ebenezer, which it, it is a continuation, a continuum of the struggle of black liberation preaching, black liberation theology, black liberation, period. And so, David, having laid that out, can we not then see the how much it is not a coincidence that white terrorists are trying to tear up the country. If George is electing a, an African-American and a Jew to make the Senate a majority, it, it, how can it be a coincidence that white terrorists are, are, are back out here in the streets? Precisely. And this is the way it always was when they tried to challenge black power and try to keep us a white nationalist system. I mean, the fact of the matter is that you have people, everybody has their tasks. Some of them are in the streets committing acts of domestic terrorism, storming the Capitol. Then you have some of them on the inside writing laws, doing the voter suppression, keeping their hands clean while they're instructing their, uh, you know, less sophisticated brethren and sis sistren uh, to commit acts of violence and to kill people and kill police officers, apparently. So, yeah, you know, on the one hand, I uh, was a little taken aback that this happened last week. I didn't expect them to storm the Capitol. But for the past four years, I was expecting more and more acts of white supremacist violence. So I'm not surprised. And I believe we're going to see a lot more of that, unfortunately, because there is a lot at stake. 
the bottom line is that in this country, the majority of the children being born now look like our children. And that's not going to change, but they're going to do whatever they can to try to maintain this white minority rule. And if it means killing a lot of people, they will do what they have to do. You also write, you know, you're right. You also write in your piece and folks, we invite you to go to blackcommentator.com. The Georgia runoffs are about more than two Senate seats. You also write in your piece um, how uh, uh, um, you write about Georgia's history as a voter suppression state. Talk to us a little bit more about that and the significance of flipping Georgia the way it has been flipped. Um, and, and, and just, you know, that is really at the heart of white terror and lynchings. It was about voting rights and um, what they called in mis- miscegenation, interracial relationships, interracial marriages. That's what it was about. If you if you start commingling relationships and then everybody can vote, too. And as you said, when you put black and white together, you get black. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's really what's at, at the heart of this and, and why what happened uh, last Tuesday is so important, isn't it? It sure is, because the only tools that they have at their disposal are to keep us from voting or to keep us from associating with whoever we want, what they have to do is control. They know that they're outnumbered. And the only way that they can justify staying in power is by controlling us and making sure that we're disempowered. That's the way it was on the plantation. That's the way it was during Jim Crow. And they devised all these laws uh, and structures to maintain power. And now they're getting to the point where they can't steal enough. The rate at which they're stealing is being overrun by the population of people of color, progressive white folks, you know, that coalition. And I believe that what they realized was that once the door is open, they can't shut it. That's what they're facing now. That secretary of state in Georgia, as much as he tried to appear like a champion of voting rights, the fact of the matter is that he purged like 200,000 votes. So he's no champion. He's no hero here. He's as white. He's as much of a white supremacist as the governor and the rest of them. But they know that their days are numbered. Right. And, and, and I believe that this is this is the white man's last stand. And they and that's I think that's why Trump was so angry and Trump supporters were so angry because, you know, damn, y'all control the, the whole state and you couldn't even steal enough. What's that all about? No, you absolutely you absolutely right, my brother. And, and so now for them to march on the Capitol, for them to say they're going to march and do all these things. What, what's amazing to me. Well, first of all, your reaction to the police response to the terror at the Capitol. I mean, could you and I have come run up in there and do that, done that? Do you think looking like we look? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> we would uh, we would be dead. Right. So you could do it once. You could try it once. But 
Yeah, you know, and and I uh, I'm actually uh, uh, writing a piece for Al Jazeera on this very issue. The, the fact of the matter is, we're, we're going to find out more about this, but there were police officers who just let them in. The insurrectionists opened the door. You had one wearing a, a MAGA hat. You know, they were taking selfies. You had off-duty police officers from New York, from Philly, from Seattle, who were part of the riot. We're going to find out a lot more. But the fact of the matter is that I, I, I think that it's no accident that most of the police officers were not around that day. And many who were, you know, I guess they figured, well, this is a friendly crowd. These are our people. So let's let them in. Yeah, you want to find, um, you know, Senator Schumer's office? Right down the, the hall. You want Nancy <laughs> Pelosi's office? I'll show you. Yeah. So, and this is, I mean, this is no surprise to us because we know that the police, well, the origins of the police from the plantations, that's our experience. Um, and, 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 and the, the white supremacists, the Nazis, they have infiltrated the police force, the police forces and the military throughout this country. Um, so we know where their sentiments lie. That's why you had what you had going down last week, because Black Lives Matter, you know, those are viewed as the terrorists. But Trump supporters, neo-Nazis, Klan, they're safe. And after what happened in Nashville, white man blows up city blocks. But they still think that white folks can't do that. Timothy McVeigh, all of that. They're not going to do that in the Capitol. They could have very easily blown up the Capitol. Very easily. Um, and they just stood down. And allowed it to happen. And I think we're going to see a lot, many more, many more heads are going to roll in terms of, of, of complicit behavior, um, with allowing that to happen, David. Um, they, it, it's as if they want to see people say that some folk might say to us, some of y'all black folk will say David to me, y'all need to let that thing go. Y'all still living in the past. Our enemies are living in the past and carrying out the behavior of the past by trying uh, to harm us and kill us. That's what's, that's what's really going on right here. That's what our enemies are doing. So when they want to come and, 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 and threaten um, um, communities, threaten folk where we live, take away our right to vote, all of this is the same thing that has been going on in this country for centuries. This is nothing new. Why are we asleep? Black folk, white folk, why are you in denial? I just, oh, I just can't believe it. I just can't, oh, this can't be. That was the attitude when people rolled up in it. They can't really uh, run up in the Capitol. They're not really gonna harm anybody. This doesn't really mean anything. They ran up in the Capitol to do specific harm. They were, they had a noose and they had a gallows and we're even going to hang Mike Pence. Now, now, David, 
Mike Pence is not on isn't a unity thing. He's not the Democratic opposite vice president. This is the white man Republican vice president that Donald Trump picked himself. They were going to hang him. Yes, it's very interesting. I look at Mike Pence along with Lindsey Graham as the I'm coining a new phrase, I think. But I think Mike Pence was like the biggest white Uncle Tom for Trump (laughs) in the whole government. (laughs) Right. He kissed Trump's behind Mm. so much. And now he's being threatened with death. So I think that this is one of those teachable moments where, you know, as you said, this is nothing new. Black folks have known mob violence. We have been victimized by mob violence for centuries. But now white America is getting a taste of it because now the seat of American power was invaded by their own. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fitting. This This year is the 100th anniversary of Black Wall Street. That's something that we're going to have to unpack for the for the coming year, because there's a lot to think about with that. A lot to think about. And this is not the first coup attempt in this country. We know about Wilmington, North Carolina. 1898. When the Klan came in, killed the black leadership, installed themselves in the in the in the city government. That was mob rule. We're seeing the same thing now. People, because they don't know history, it's like, this is unprecedented. And another thing, I don't want to hear anything else from anybody about Black Lives Matter and Black folks being violent and what y'all talking about, defunding the police. And we have to protect our, our police because, you know, they have a tough job. And here they are out there creating all the violence and actually killing police. And now people see what we're talking about when we say we have to defund the police because you have police officers who are actually white supremacists who are engaged in insurrection against the government. Frankly, what we saw is one of the things to me that makes the argument for defund, because it's not just that the police kill us. The police don't lift a finger to solve crime when it happens to us. So why? So black tax dollars. Fund the police who either kill us or ignore us when we report crimes that happen to us in our own community. And I'm not talking about just snitching. You know, listen, somebody steals your car in the black community. Somebody breaks in your house or whatever. Should you not have the option and the right to have that issue resolved by law enforcement? If you don't feel you had that right, why keep paying them? What are you what are we financing the police to do if they don't do nothing for us? Black women go missing all the time. Crimes not solved. Murder. Crimes not solved. We don't know. And see, people assume, well, it's black on black crime, which is also a racist term. White folks commit crime against each other. Them white police, them them white uh, 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 Confederates, white proud boys were beating up white police. That's white on white crime at the Capitol in a white building. So you but you can't dismiss crime as it happens. Let's just assume when black women go missing or when a black child is killed. This is just something that happened in the black community. We don't know that these are white people. Let me tell you something right now. Unlike them stupid people in the Capitol who took the mask off and were taking selfies. 
There are people running around the black community today with masks on, killing some of our people. And the assumption is that these are black people. We don't know if they're black or white. But who's going to find out? Who's ever going to find out? Who's going to resolve it? Because police don't fight crime in the black community. They don't they don't fight crime. They don't prevent crime and they commit crime against us. So that's what defund is about. And and, and you know what? I'm going to add to that. Don't say nothing else about defund. Defund didn't hurt us in Georgia. It didn't hurt Joe Biden. If anything, the defund argument mobilized a younger generation of voters to come out who otherwise might not have come out. And I don't know a single Democrat that was affected by you. If a Democrat lost, it's probably because they were too mealy mouth and Mr. In between, Ms. In between um, to be elected in the first place. So, so David, what would you say next? What is next for us um, as a people in this moment? They're going to keep attacking us. This, I think this violence is going to continue. They're going to have a, a soft civil war, a soft one, at least in, in the days and weeks and months to come as they try to keep Donald Trump uh, relevant. What do you think we should be doing as a people? Well, you know, the struggle continues. Uh, we have to be vigilant. We can't give up. We have to realize that we are at the precipice right now. Uh, the reason why this is all accelerating is because people see the change coming. You know, um, we shouldn't be in a position where we have to continue protesting, but we have to. We have to continue organizing, talking with our people, reaching people, and making sure that we get some laws in place to protect us more than anything else. Um, these people are going to be acting the fool for quite some time. They always have. They always will. But we just have to make sure that we control the narrative and make sure that we can build a better country because it is a mess. And as we can see, if we don't deal with this white supremacist, white supremacy issue, it's going to consume this country. What's your confidence level, David A. Love, in the Biden-Harris administration? Well, I, I think it's going to be a big improvement over what we have, but I guess that's not really saying much. I think that they, that there is a lot of potential for them to do good, provided that we stay on their backs. When Obama got in, people thought, oh, well, you know, black folks in the White House now, we just kick back. It's not going to be like that this time. It's not going to be. It's not going to be. No giving anybody the benefit of the doubt. We have to make sure we get the policies and the people that we want, because this mealy mouth, milk toast, middle of the road nonsense is what got us Trump in the first place. They loves latest uh, folks. This is the Georgia. The Georgia election is about more um, than two. The Georgia runoffs are about more than two Senate seats. Read his piece. Go there right now, please. Blackcommentator.com. Uh, tell some friends. This is our good brother. I just wanted y'all to see him today, celebrate him today, and and just you know, uh, uh, see what he's about. I should also acknowledge. You know, David has been a. a, 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 a educator and activist and organizer and attorney. He is um, currently um, an adjunct professor at the Rutgers University School of Communication and Information in 
Philadelphia. He's written for the Grio, Atlanta Black Star, the Progressive, CNN, Morpheus. You can see him on CNN a lot too. Newsworks, Huffington Post, Al Jazeera. So he's out here. Um, you know, and then Dick Gregory always used to say, it's sometimes easier for a man to not do anything and just stay home and care for his family. And David has a beautiful family, but he still is committed to our people and our struggle and takes the time to go on record and have the courage to go on record to speak truth to power as he has done today. To me, that is the best man and the best father a man could be so that his children can see him doing this type of work. They say, we all have to work because our enemies clearly haven't stopped. There's no, they, like David said, we, we shouldn't have to do this, but we don't have a choice. They ain't stopping. The same stuff they were doing 100 years ago, they did in, 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 at the Capitol last week. They're going to do it next week at the inauguration. There's no place we can just be comfortable. Say, oh, we got it. We got this. Even in Georgia. Well, Mark and David, y'all got us to vote in record numbers for a runoff. We've never done that before. Don't ask too much. You crazy. We're going to keep on asking. Voting and being active and practicing activism must become second nature. All right. And some of y'all heard me say before, some Mark, we started here, you say the same thing. When in, stop me from saying it. When I say it, you've heard it before, you say it. And hear how it sounds coming out of your mouth and how refreshing it is. For, I want somebody to repeat this so I won't have to say it as much. So please, so let me try to just try it for you. So try it at home, try it amongst your loved ones. What I just said, since you're sick of me saying it, say it where you are. And then see the reaction you get. We all need to be speaking the same language. Then there's not so much pressure on one person or one group or one organization. He mentioned uh, Stacey Abrams and Latasha Brown and Cliff Albright, Black Voters Matter. I want to lift up the Black Church Pack and the work that they did in Georgia. Um, because we, we're, we're finished with, um, as we saw in Georgia, you have a Black preacher from Ebenezer in the Senate. So we finish with irrelevant black churches and folks just preaching about prosperity. OK, we finish with that, too. Time's up for that. Um, I mean, if you want to preach about prosperity, that's your right. But you also got to preach about liberation. You also got to preach about what is your resistance responsibility. Two. And that's what was going on in Georgia in an unprecedented fashion. And we're thankful uh, for the black church pack for organizing that. Okay, I'm through preaching. I know y'all sick of me, but I wanted y'all to hear and see our brother. Um, love to the family, my brother. Keep up the good work. It's been too long. We will look forward to seeing you again real, real soon. Okay. Thank you, sir. And, you know, you have been on the front lines for many years. And thank you very much for being such a crucial resource to our community. It's been very important. Thank you, brother. Uh, I appreciate it. Don't you hang up, David. I'm gonna. We're gonna say goodbye to the audience, but we're gonna end this now. But share it with somebody. Lord have mercy. What you've heard today, and and share our brother David, if you would. Don't forget blackcommentator.com. The cover story. The Georgia runoffs were about more than two sentences. So be sure you you check that piece out. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please give the show a five star rating, and please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been May Plain.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.